listening to the Critical Mass Radio Show, Orange County's business talk show focused on exploring topics of interest to CEOs who are leading middle market companies with your host, Richard Franzi. Well, actually, it's not uh, Rick Franzi today. Uh, Rick Franzi is out and filling in is yours truly, Paul Roberts, normally the uh, silent engineer for the show and uh, uh, sometime producer. We have as our next guest, well, I'll read the little tease here that they put down for me. As an experienced entrepreneur and CEO of multiple firms, Dennis Vedura, CEO and founder of Badu Networks. We're going to find out where that name came from. Badu Networks is leading the firm with potential. Badu Networks works to develop technology to improve the way the world connects. Hey, that's the name of the game these days. And they focus on the transport layer of technology, making sure users experience an improved web surfing, streaming, cloud storage, and interactive web application experience. Welcome, Dennis, to the show. Thanks for having me. Oh, let's turn your mic up here. Let's get it all there. Say, There we go. Say hi. Well, thank you for having me. Hi. All right. Uh, the last lady, as you may have been hearing out in the green room, was uh, doing financial stuff. And half the stuff she said was Greek to me here. I just read a list of things here that may be Greek for many. But I know we understand web surfing now. Maybe we even understand streaming like we're doing here. Cloud storage, yeah. Interactive web application experience. Uh, now we're getting further into it here. Explain some of that. What do you do? So what we do at Badu is we've... Uh, I like the way that sounds, too. What we do at Badu. What we do at Badu. <laughs> uh, we've created a technology uh, that we call Warp TCP and uh, packaged it into a number of products that, um, if properly deployed, can uh, increase the speed of data delivery in certain network conditions which happen to be prevalent today. So... Um, without getting too technical or wow, too that, deep. that sounds very mysterious. We've got some secret. If you use it right and it doesn't blow up in your face here, it <laughs> might help in these certain circumstances, which, folks, we happen to be in the middle of right now, whether you knew it or not here. Right. And, and the circumstances basically result out of uh, the fact that the Internet and the number of connected items uh, on the network is growing and that uh, those items generate a lot of traffic and that the amount of traffic is increasing, you know, it's almost doubling every six months. Yeah. And, um, because the amount of traffic is going up at such a rate, it's uh, causing issues with uh, certain protocols, and the one we focused on particularly is something called the Transport Control Protocol, TCP. It's the thing that 95% of your traffic uh, uses to get from. I've the seen those here. initials as I try and delve into the the <laughs> understanding of stuff uh, in IP. I've seen those initials and I never knew what it stood for here. Right, and so that's the that's the agreement effectively between your. Uh, you know, workstation, your laptop, your IP, your your phone, your uh, iPad, and the server on the other end, and that's how they decide how they talk to each other hmm. and, and get data from one end to the other. And it's just this over the internet, or is this an intranet within? Either this, it, it doesn't really matter. This is how your computer talks to your printer, or whatever. Yeah, term. whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, there's other protocols, but this is the primary one of the primary ones. And then, so what happens? And that's is, breaking down somehow because of the overload. Is that what I'm gathering? Uh, not so much overload, but what's happening? What we noticed is that under uh, conditions where, for example, I'll give you one example. Okay, if we love examples here. If if you're sitting on your home at home and you've got a Wi-Fi access point and you're streaming mm-hmm. a movie, right? And uh, you know your son decides to upload uh, a large uh, file or whatever right. to some cloud sharing service, for example, mm-hmm. that upload can have a nev- very nev- negative, in some cases, devastating effect on your stream. Hmm. 
And the reason that that happens is because the server on the other end that's serving your stream decides that the network conditions are really horrible and stops sending you data. Oh, I see. It doesn't like it. Right. Now, it turns out that, if you think about it, the connection is full duplex. In other words, traffic in one direction typically doesn't impact traffic in the other direction. So the upload shouldn't really be hurting the download. In fact, they give you different, uh, buy different packages with an upload speed and a download speed. So they're supposed to be two separate channels almost somehow. Right. But because of the way the protocol works, they're kind of not. And so what happens is the upload does impact the download and uh, you see a negative, um, uh, you have a negative user experience because your son is uploading that file. And that's the kind of stuff that we fix. And is this even, this must get even more complex, big company, lots of people doing crazy things here all over the place, and suddenly, and particularly since we're all moving to the cloud, so everything's out in the cloud now. Yeah, well, that's why I said, if you looked at this problem maybe 10 years ago, mm-hmm. you would see a non-issue. If you look at it today, it's actually a ramping issue. Microsoft, they, don't, they won't sell me the darn Microsoft anymore. Adobe won't sell me the... Uh, Photoshop and everything anymore. I got to subscribe to it. So every time I use any of those standard programs, they're not on this laptop or that computer anymore. They're in the cloud somewhere. Right, and you know the standard answer is, well, just go buy a bigger, you know, faster Wi-Fi access point. So we're all running, uh, rushing out to buy the latest 802.11ac, or and then we got to get dual band or tri band now, even or something here. Yeah, but your your downstream link is typically what. 20 megabits, maybe 50 if you pay the extra these days. Yeah, right. But you got one and a half gigabits in your house, and it doesn't really make any difference. Why is that a di- Why is there a difference between up and down? Why is everybody? I'm always shocked. One's big and one's little here. And unless you, we have to. We we came to this space, this tech space, because they promised 100 up and 100 down. So up to 100 up or down. And we obviously we're live streaming here, so we had to be care- careful of that. Right. Um, the reason for the asymmetry is that. Uh, traditionally, uh, if you're if you're if you're in your home and you're consuming data, let's look mm-hmm. at which way the the bulk of the data comes. It comes to you, right? right. So you need you, reason stands. You need to have uh, a bigger down than a and a small up because mm-hmm. you need the up so that the protocols work. So traditionally, that's that was the way people looked at it. The engineers looked at it, and they actually built hardware for modems and cable modems and things like that that mm-hmm. relied on that asymmetry. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why you ended up having packages. But that now it's going out. the other way. We're not just pulling; we're pushing. I'm sending it back up as fast as I'm pulling it down here. Bingo! Right? Yeah. All right. You you made it a little clear for me here. It's a little less cloudy. Hence our opportunity. Hence your opportunity, yeah. So, all right, then you got to tell me what it is you specifically do. I'm still lost what you do. We've There's the there's the niche that you're trying to fix. There's the problem. Right. Um, so what we do is we, we looked at that issue and found a solution. Um, and then, of course, the typical solution is you have to uh, change the server that's serving the data. Well, that's not going to happen. You know, there's... What a billion of them, maybe. Yeah, no. And so, particularly as you don't control them anymore. I mean, they're controlled by third parties, Amazon or whatever, or somebody. Yeah, almost always, right? So, what we did was we found a solution that doesn't involve uh, changing the servers on the other end. Mm -hmm. Uh, We found a solution that uh, can improve things by deploying um, either a piece of hardware or some software somewhere in between the two endpoints. Hmm. And uh, that's really what we did. That's how we solved it. And do you sell this hardware and or software? Do you license it to others? What do you do with All this of the discovery? Above. All okay. Of the above. Yeah. 
And who is who benefits from this? Who who do you go after? Who's your target market? Uh, we started out going after carriers and, and you know large telecommunications providers. So Verizon or AT and T or or Cox or whoever does cable or something. Right, that that, that caliber of uh, customer. And so we built a carrier grade solution. And then actually, what we're doing in doing that, we discovered that. Um, we actually have a solution that also applies at the at the edge, at the last mile. You know, that last mile is the most important. How do you get that? They always talk about the last mile. I got the cable right here. Now, how do I get at that last little bit into my computer? Yeah, so we don't solve that part, but if we deploy, like, in your house, mm-hmm. um, then we can mitigate some of the issues that we discussed earlier with your son doing that upload. So things, mm-hmm. make, things are actually better uh, for you. Uh, you get a more consistent internet experience, and uh, in doing that, we discovered that we actually have a solution for that. So we're actually taking our carrier grade solutions and, and in the process of pushing it down, to migrating the, down to. And so, who would buy this? An individual or companies of a certain size, or anybody and everybody? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, right now we have a solution that uh, can serve companies and small businesses like coffee shops, that kind of thing, and mm-hmm. pretty soon. Uh, we're working on it. We'll have a solution that you know you can buy. All right. Well, we, will you come back and show? It? <laughs> sure. I'm ready. I'm scared here already. Uh, and la- I have to ask: Will the Internet of Things make this even more complicated? We've done a lot of that. Suddenly, my toaster is going to be online, and my TV is going to be online, and and my refrigerator is already online here. Well, I hope your toaster is not online. Well, right. that's how silly it's getting. It seems like. <laughs> you know, they, what is it? Samsung advertises now the TV that uh, that streams live video to you at the store, and you can actually see what's in. Was it eggs I was supposed to get or butter? Oh yeah, there's no eggs in there. Yeah, um, that's pretty significant leap when you're, uh, and and how many times does it check? It, it doesn't just wait there. It might be communicating to Samsung and saying that I always say the door doorbell's going to ring someday, and, and the guy will say, "I'm here to fix your refrigerator." And I said, "There's nothing wrong with my refrigerator." So, oh no, it called us this morning. Yeah, it's it's the, the something's going bad. Oh, okay, it knows it's back there. Yeah, well, and that at some level, that's probably a useful service. On the other hand, yeah. it's, it's it's a little bit big brothery, right? Well, yeah, because I don't really know that it's broken. They yeah. just come and fix it, you yeah. know, <laughs> and charge it, and charge me, yeah. yeah. But um, so the point being, the the projected number of devices that are going in internet is extrapolating at whatever that uh, exponential terms. It's doubling, tripling, and quadrupling. Right, and and you know, and they all generate traffic and chatter at some level because otherwise yeah. they're kind of useless, right? Right. None of this has to do with security, though, however. It's just, it's just yeah. to get the yeah. information to flow faster, freer, not to jam up, not to break the connection, yeah, that it's, kind of it's, stuff. Yeah, it's more like uh, not necessarily go faster because we can't change physics of the connection, but what we can do is make sure it doesn't get artificially jammed up. Okay. Yeah. How in the world did you get into this? You didn't wake up one day and say, well, let's see, uh, I think I'll tackle this. Sitting at home banging in your computer saying, I've got a better solution. Well, so a friend of mine is a... Is a uh, professor at UCI, and we were sitting there having coffee one day, and uh, we were talking about something related to this. And I looked at him and I said, "Yeah, I think we can fix that. I, it's, it's not hard." Bold it prediction. Shouldn't yeah. be hard, right? And what was your background? What I do software. Okay. Uh, and, and always, and this is what you've you've, you've written it, created it. Uh, I've I've always written software, almost yeah, all, yeah, all types. It doesn't really okay. matter that much. <laughs> You don't have a pointy head or a magic hat or anything. No, like I don't. That. I, you know, I left my, I, my my son made a nice uh, magic wand the other day. Yeah. And so I, did, I didn't bring it, but 
That's what I picture software designers to look like. Merlin the Magician here or something. It's all a black art. All right, so you just, somehow this came up and you thought, I'll tackle this. How do you turn that into a business? Everybody's got a hot idea. Well, that's the trick, right? I mean, so in our case, it turned out that we thought we could make a difference. And then we coincidentally had some friends at Carriers overseas that we talked to. And they said, hey, if you guys can do this, we'd be interested. Yeah. And it turned out we could, and they got interested, and then, you know, one thing led to another, and uh, here we are today. And did you have to go around? You had to raise money? Did you have to create a prototype and get funding and all the angels and then up to other kind? What, what level of investment? Because uh, we do a show on venture capital, and they're always talking about how do you go from idea to iteration? How do you go from idea to to market here? And there might be several stages of funding and different kinds of investors leading up through this whole thing to yeah. get to that point. And each takes a different sort of set of st- things you got to do to to get there or something so uh, you don't have to tell me the whole thing but i mean are you you've obviously grown beyond just angel investors i'm guessing if you're doing at this level here. yeah i mean what we did was um or friends and family or yeah, your own we, pocketbooks we, we, or something you know, we looked we looked at the problem and we said do we have a solution yes can we show uh can we build a demonstration of our solution right. and, we, and we did that and we use that to raise friends and family funds right. to fund the trips i to, wish you'd come to me first here but go ahead <laughs> to overseas and stuff and then and then since then we've raised quite a bit of money from uh, what i would call angels and we're now uh, beyond that so and is this something that's going to keep growing and spawn other things or is this just a product this is you're gonna is this got an exit plan to it or is this just a is this something you build to sell or is this something that that spawns other things well without getting too no i mean you don't tell me the secret sauce but yeah right but i mean what we're is this google and it's going to spawn other things i I mean i know it's not google but i mean is a company like that once one solution is there, are there other opportunities open up for you in this field, or is it just a one, you've got a solution to something, and maybe someday somebody will buy it or something? You know, the, uh, Google is an interesting point. Uh, the interesting thing about Google is they started out with search, yeah, and right. they've now built an empire doing, uh, in some cases, unrelated things to yeah. search, right? Driverless cars. How do you go to get there from search? Yeah. Right. Well, you get there because you've got a captive audience and you want to, you want them to be captive yeah. while they're searching. But I don't think that was anywhere in their business plan or thinking when they started Not off. Not initially, of course, right? Neither was AdWords or any of that other stuff. Right. Um, I think I think the way you look at it, the way I look at it is, look, we have a product, we have a solution, um, we have a current customer base, but we think we can grow that customer base down to the consumer. If we can grow it to the consumer, then that gives us an opportunity to maybe look at other services yeah, and grow right. the company beyond what it is today. So Okay. Are you are you a private company still? Or are you going to a public company at no, some point? You're private. Okay. All right. So we talked about what you do. This was uh, the, again. It's called Warp TCP. Is that that's what my notes show me here? Is that the correct terminology? Sure. That's the moniker we gave the technology. The products are Warp Gateway and Warp Engine. Okay. And, and you can see those on our website. And where can people find these? Or, or uh, can Badu they networks.com. Okay. And it's B A D U. Uh, where did the name come from? Well, that's a good story. Do you know how the Bay City Rollers got their name? Yes, I do. 
Um, the Bay City. Uh, first of all, you got to be of a certain age, folks, which <laughs> most of us probably are, to remember the Bay City Rollers. And I'm sorry to say, I do remember the Bay City Rollers. And it was one of these bands they were going to create that was going to, you know, take on the world, the next Monkees or something here. And I believe they just spun a globe or something like that. They threw a dart at threw a map a dart. in North That's America thought, and it yeah. landed in Bay City, Michigan. Bay City, Michigan, exactly. And so when. Uh my partner and I were sitting there trying to figure out what name to pick because to, nowadays the, your problem is not only you have to find an interesting name, but you have to find one that isn't registered. Oh, yeah. Who right? didn't think of this one already? Right. Here. Exactly. And so um, we happened to be – we did the virtual version of that. I said, well, let's let's try this. And I looked at a map of – Google map of northern Australia. Okay. And turns out off the north coast of Australia, north of Queensland, there's a uh, island called Badu that was once inhabited by cannibals. Ah. That, doesn't have a domain name and so <laughs> <laughs> that's the only island in the world doesn't have a dots dot something but dot badu right <laughs> so so uh we did the virtual dart thing <laughs> okay well we're down to that here huh <laughs> True story. nothing left all right so like the bay city rollers are you going to take over the world here is that the next plan you going to be the next boy band? Are you going to be the well, next I, band? No, yeah, I got no tartans. Um, <laughs> tartans. I used to wear tartans. I actually did. This guy knows his Bay City Roller music. <laughs> uh, no, no, we're, we're, we're not going to be the next Bay City Rollers. But, you know, I, I mean, I hope the business grows. I hope we um, – because I think we have an opportunity with what we're planning to do to um, actually – make some things better than they are today and, mm-hmm. and if we can do that then that'd be cool wow isn't that always everybody's dream here to leave the world a better place here you know not just to make a bunch of money but to actually leave a mark and do something here yeah that's what we're trying to do yeah all right well we're going to come back and explore some more of this as much as he'll tell us is of this <laughs> secret sauce and this confusing uh, black art that he's practicing here right after a word from one of our sponsors <laughs> Richard Franzi is a highly sought-after keynote speaker on topics of interest to CEOs of middle firms across North America. Richard's talks include Killing Cats Leads to Rats, a fascinating look at how unintended consequences of CEOs' decisions impact their firm's performance. Your Gray Matter Matters, which explores how a CEO's mindset can differentiate a middle market firm and define its culture. Richard delivers talks to a variety of audiences, ranging from executive team retreats to keynotes in front of hundreds of CEOs. To learn more about his talks, visit criticalmassforbusiness.com and select the contact page or call 949-887-4104. All right. I wish we could capture the offline stuff here because it's just sometimes it's fascinating or more fascinating. So I said to him, you know, is there anything where this is such a complex subject? I want to make sure I'm doing it justice here. Is there anything we didn't cover? And I said, because you really are living the dream, at least here in Southern California and many other places. Everybody dreams of finding a technological solution to some big problem. And this is what the whole world, the government, and everybody dreams of. The small entrepreneurs dreaming up these big solutions here and uh, and revolutionizing things. And that seems to be where everybody's at. So what's any challenges or any advice you can give to people who are out there on similar quests? Boy, um... <clears throat> 
stick with it or do this or you give know, there, up? Or? There, there's the old adages, which are exactly that. Don't give up. Stick with it. Keep going, right? And the, the, the trouble with those is that you have to have something that you think is that, – that you really believe is going to be um, useful to people, mm-hmm. right? I, I mean, I think the challenge is if you've got something that's that people are responding to that's going to be useful and they find interesting, then you do need to keep at it. The challenge, of course, is that – yeah, you know, here a good example. We, you know, so we built our prototype, we built our product, we packaged it. And, and, and oh, I'm sorry, over what time frame? How long have you guys been around? Uh, we started. Don't this tell me you started last week or something. No, no, no. <laughs> we we we've been at um, this probably since about 2013. Okay. Uh, you know, in earnest. Uh, prior to that, we kind of toyed around in the garage, kind of thing. Okay. Um, but if you. Um, in the virtual garage. Uh, if, yeah, if, right, right. Nobody sits in a garage. It's not Hewlett Packard. We don't actually sit in a garage anymore here. But. Right. Um, so, you know, the the, the 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 adage is you build a product, you, you show it to a customer, and you think they're going to say, great, let's go. Right. And the problem today's world is that there's so much complexity in some of this stuff that um, you show them what you've got, and they go, this is really interesting, but... Um, I needed to do X mm. and Y. Can so, it do this and at this or, cost or in or this I size need, or right. this shape? Or. And they're never willing to pay for that, Mm-mm. right? So you have to go find investors to pay for it and convince them that this is useful. So I think the challenge nowadays is build something that's interesting, get it going. But the big challenge you're going to face and that we're facing and, and have faced is that um, you you have to be very careful and watch the never-ending development curve because mm. uh, you have to get to a point where you've got you know they call it the minimum people call it in silicon valley they say build your minimal viable product well that mm-hmm. doesn't mean someone's still going to pay for it mm-hmm. that means you can you can show a minimal viable product but mm-hmm. to actually get people to, to fork over um resources in return for your product it has to actually solve something and plug in nicely into their current um, infrastructure way of doing things and um, whatever that might be, and and uh, it takes a while to get there. It, it, it's not something that you're going to do. This overnight. may be a strange example, but I had years ago a billiard club when billiard clubs were hot. It's sort of a sports bar dress up as an Irish pub dress up as a billiard club, and we found there was no accounting system for the pool tables and that would interface with the restaurant systems and all the other stuff. So we went out to somebody to develop this, and they thought, well, this is a great opportunity. Thousands of billiard clubs being open, and we'll create this software, and every club in the country will run it. Except. We endlessly want it. Can it do this? How about if it does that? And can it also, how about if it counts? Can we break it in half? Can we do it in half charge? Can we do this for four tables instead of two tables? Can we do it this way? Can we? And we were constantly, constantly, constantly chained. The guy finally said, I'll never sell this thing because it never it's finished. You just got That's a right. thousand ideas. Everybody in the room's got a different idea. And this is for a silly little billiard club. Chain requested, uh, change requested to death, right? Yeah, exactly. So I can see that taking off where you never actually get to market because by the time you finally you think you're, somebody else has already gotten in and solved some part of it and, and gotten some section of the market here. Yeah, you know, so the trick is to get mature enough that even though you've got customers that are asking for extras, there's customers for which it's good enough. Yes, and, right, and, exactly. And so, um, you know, I think we're at that point, and I'm starting to see some benefit from that. Okay, it's good. Uh, uh, challenges in your industry. Um, it doesn't seem to be one choked by regulation, or maybe I'm wrong, or is it, uh, it it's not biomedical like we've had so many that it takes 20 years to go through clinical trials before you find out if you've got a winner or not here. Um, any, what, what am I missing? Is this just a, uh, what's the challenge today if you could just wave your magic wand that your son's going to give you here? <laughs> 
Um, you know, the challenge in the industry that the networking industry is that there's a lot of I mean, there's established players pushing their particular uh, bent on things. But uh, there's a big movement towards what's called software-defined networking, where you, you start to get rid of the hardware boxes and you define your network in, purely in software on commodity devices that you put into the data centers. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually good for us <laughs> for a bunch of technical reasons. But uh, it turns out that um, you know that's a challenge if you're uh, looking at... Uh, selling into that industry because people are in the midst of some people anyway the big players are in the midst of this migration um, and there's a lot of optimization going on in that world that's what they mean everything's going to be in the cloud everything's going to be virtual you're just going to rent space from amazon servers or all these other players or something and you're even going to develop the software will sit there and not used to be the data and the program sat there now the other more and more of the programs, the software, everything sits there. Everything's being done there. It's not just uh, data collection or yeah, data storage. You know, not everything is being done there. A lot of most of the software development is still local, and for some, you know, for good reason. It's, it turns out to be faster still sometimes. Mm-hmm. But the um, uh, but think about it. You know, Amazon may deploy I don't know a million servers, whatever. Mm-hmm. But those need to talk to each other, and, and in order for that Absolutely. infrastructure to be put in place and managed, they're looking to the software defined networking mm-hmm. uh, to make that happen. And it's uh, that, that's a big shift. Big shift. All right. Well, it sounds like you're at the right place at the right time to capitalize on some of this stuff here. Um, how do people reach you? How do they find you? How do they learn more? Where do I send my check to invest in this thing here? Uh, the, the easiest way to reach us is www. Sounds like I missed that boat. That boat sailed already here. Badunetworks.com. Uh, Badunetworks.com. Com. Okay. Yeah. And are you looking, are you growing? Are you looking to ramp up and hire more people and spread into other stuff? Or what's, where are you at in the development curve here? Are people are always, or are you looking for other network kind of partners? Who, you got a microphone in a minute. Who do you want to find? Who do you want to reach over um, this? You know, we're looking for distributors, people who need a new product to sell, uh, IT distributor type companies. That's what we're uh, looking for today to, um, you know, anybody who's got a bunch of customers that are small businesses that, that um, uh, you can improve their internet experience. That's that's who we're looking for to mm-hmm. reach right now, so that we can uh, help push that product out. Okay. Well, have you listening? Call, go to Badu Networks. B A D U Networks dot com. Any phone numbers? Any other things? You're on social media or this stuff? Or is this all in a skunk work somewhere? And I no, can't no, find no. We're out. we're on social Fo- phone numbers. You know, we've kind of <laughs> phone numbers. What's a phone number? Yeah, yeah. exactly. We're, we're we're actually in that camp. You we, should have seen the look in his face when I had phone number. Like, <laughs> phone number. Uh, still use phones? Yeah, uh, yeah. We're we've got you know the usual social media uh, touch points on Facebook and Twitter, but uh, the, the the easiest way to reach us is to send us an email through badunetworks.com. Okay, all right. Well, thank you so much for coming down and explaining. I can't quite say I got totally uh, understanding of it, but I think I got enough to be dangerous, and I think I got enough to whet the appetite of others who want to uh, learn more. It certainly sounds like a fantastic opportunity. <laughs> With a niche that I never even knew existed and a problem I never knew needed to be solved. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Thank you. You've been listening to Critical Mass right here in Orange County's only community radio station, octalkradio.net.